You're listening to the OCD and Anxiety Show, episode number 120. And on today's episode, I want to talk about the idea of what it's like to live with OCD and anxiety. And the reason is, is because I get a lot of feedback and complaints about people who are dealing with OCD not being heard and understood from their loved ones, and also from family members and loved ones not understanding what their their loved one is experiencing. And so on this episode, my hope is, is to kind of talk about a high-level concept of what it's like to really experience OCD and what the person going through OCD is experiencing, and also understand what the family members is experiencing from, from their perspective, and to kind of show you how OCD often, OCD and anxiety often wedge themselves in between people, and we forget the common problem that we're actually facing is OCD and anxiety, and we begin to perceive our loved one and family members as the problem. And and the hope is is through this episode, we can at least start to open up the conversation to gain a little more empathy about what each person is experiencing, and take the proper steps to start moving forward in the journey of healing and recovery. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Matt Cotty and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I specialize in helping people take their lives back from OCD and anxiety. And on this podcast, I'm gonna share with you simple tools, strategies, and principles that will help you on your journey to recovery. Because once you apply the proper knowledge and strategies, you can begin to transform and restore your mind and body. And when we heal as individuals, we can promote that healing into our families and communities and ultimately create a better world for everyone from the inside out. Welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Show. All right. Hey there, and welcome to this episode. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt Cotty, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I specialize in OCD and anxiety recovery, and I'm also the creator of the AAA Response. And in this episode, I want to talk about what it's like to live with OCD and anxiety. And so, and the reason is, is because I get a lot of frustrations from both people who are struggling and also family members of people who are struggling because there's there's an element of chaos that OCD and anxiety brings to a person's life when you're really stuck in it. And the person has a very difficult time often explaining to their loved ones what's going on and, and they're, they're suffering, right? They, they have a hard time communicating that. And the loved one has a hard time understanding what's going on, which leads to a disconnect. And it leads to the person not feel like the person with OCD and anxiety, not feeling heard. And it also leaves the loved one very frustrated because they, they think the, the answer is often very simple when really it's not, it's not always the case. So when we're talking about OCD and anxiety, and, and this, this episode is recorded more for people who are trying to understand it, right? And also, if you struggle with this, I, my hope is, is that you're able to share this with your loved ones or people that you, um, that you want to support you on your journey to recovery. So when you're talking about OCD and anxiety, you have to understand that the person is generally caught in some kind of loop, right? And what's happening is that their mind is producing these racing intrusive thoughts. And, and when I say that, I mean, it's easy to, you know, for you to sit in a calm, collected state and say, okay, you know, I, I had an intrusive thought and, 
you know, again, kind of try to relate to that experience, right? Like, you know, so oftentimes the person will tell you the intrusive thoughts going on. It might be an intrusive harmful thought. It might be a thought about contamination. And a person whose stress response isn't activated can have that thought and essentially, you know, not do anything to them. But what's happening with OCD and anxiety is the person is having this intrusive thought come into their mind, right? Against their will. It is intruding their conscious awareness and it is activating their fight or flight response. Um, and, and this response is, is activated usually in a very high state. So their, their body is, is literally experiencing physical changes. Their heart rate is going up, you know, their, um, their blood's being pumped to their arms and legs for survival. Their, you know, digestive tract is getting suppressed. Um, you know, they're going to experience headaches and, you know, all this stuff is happening as a result of the stress response being activated in the body as a result of the intrusive thought. Okay. And this is one of the disconnects right here that happens is the person will try to explain the thoughts that are going off in their mind to their loved one or their family member or whomever. And the person will be like, have the thought in their mind. And because they don't have that internal reaction, they'll be like, Oh, okay, well, it's just a thought or, Hey, you know, stop thinking about it. While that might be sound advice, loved ones, I, I, I want you to like, just hear me that that's not going to be well received because the person has probably thought of that, right? Like they, they, they aren't choosing to be stuck in this, right? What's, what's happening is, is their, their body and brain is misappraising this thought as an actual threat and their body is being activated into survival mode. And that's essentially what anxiety is, right? Anxiety is our body producing the stress response over a futuristic threat or, you know, some kind of past-based idea. And essentially the reason anxiety is so uncomfortable is because the stress response is designed to help us fight or flee certain threats, right? But the with OCD and anxiety, the threat isn't currently happening. It's usually a futuristic idea or a past-based event. So there's nothing to fight or flee, which is why there's this huge surge of energy in the body. So hopefully that makes sense. And it's, it's very, very uncomfortable. So then the person engages in a behavior and then it, they, what they find is that behavior then brings down their stress response or their nervous system. And this could be a behavior like washing hands. It could be like checking. It could be something like asking you, the loved one, for reassurance about the same thing over and over and over again. Now, from, from the experience of the family member, and, and again, having sat on both ends of this spectrum, okay, so having been someone who's gone through the OCD recovery process and now, you know, working with many people who also engage in the same behaviors that, that in many cases I used to engage in, I can see it very clearly because I've, I've walked the path. But if your loved one is asking you the same question again and again, I need you to understand like that, that is going to be frustrating, right? And, and for them, it's going to be frustrating because, you know, the, it's, it, they really are operating in a survival state. And you have to understand that there is no way to logic your way out of this loop. That, that, is, that is the problem is that the, the natural solution that people come up with is that, hey, we'll, we'll talk this out. We'll use logic and reason. And it only makes it worse. Because what the recovery process is about is about not logicking out, logicking, I'm sorry, using logic to, uh, you know, out, out, do the fear or essentially overcome the fear, what it's about is retraining the nervous system that's misappraising the thought that this thought actually isn't dangerous. 
to really get them to the point where they can have the same thought that you had in your head and have no reaction, we can actually get the body into that state through the use of ERP and specifically using the AAA response that we teach it um, the, with restored minds. And, and once we eliminate all the behaviors, essentially the loop doesn't spin and the person is able to kind of get out of the state. And, and that's why if you're struggling with OCD and anxiety, it's, it's not something that it is something you can recover from. You know, I firmly believe that. And I, I will preach that till the day that I die. Um, because the, the problem is, is that most people don't realize all the behaviors that they engage in, right? All the mental behaviors, the rumination, the analyzing. But, but so the frustrations that I, that I want to talk about are from a person who's experiencing it, when they're coming to you and it looks like in desperation over something that you may look at that doesn't make sense, whether it's, um, you know, germs on a door handle or driving or, or something that you're not afraid of, I need you to understand that that person really is in the perception in their mind that this is a life and death situation. Like that's what it feels like to them. Or they wouldn't do that behavior. A lot of times, logically, they might not, they might even know that this isn't, doesn't make sense, but it really feels that way. And, and when they're trying to communicate that experience, a lot of times it's very difficult to do that. So, so when you're able to listen with an empathetic ear, instead of trying to go into problem-solving mode, one of the things that I would recommend to loved ones and family members is to really, really come at it from an empathetic place of understanding what they're feeling. Because that is what everyone really wants. They want to feel heard. They don't want your logical answer, right? They want you to understand that they're feeling this like life and death situation. And, and, and you even be able to say, hey, look, I know this feels very real. I can see the distress in your eyes. Even a statement like that, and, and a, an authentic statement like that, really helps the person just feel at least heard, Okay. And then, and then you can kind of work from there. So that's the first thing I would say is don't go into problem solving mode right away for two reasons. One, the person won't feel heard. And two, you're just going to engage in compulsions and actually make them worse over the long run. You know, if you're reassuring them or you're telling them certain things, um, you know, that, that to make them feel better, quote unquote, that, that, like that seems logical, right? But it's, um, it doesn't help them over the long run because it's actually a compulsion that compulsion that feeds the loop. And, and the person that, you know, when you're experiencing OCD or anxiety and you really feel like you're stuck in the loop, again, when you're stuck in the loop, it, it really is a loop, right? Like these thoughts just are hammering the person's mind again and again and again relentlessly. And the anxiety levels get very, very high. And so when they feel compelled to engage in behaviors, the, the thing is they're, they're wanting to do the behaviors because it's the only thing that is going to give them that relief. At least, you know, that's, that's what they've learned. So from the perspective of, of the loved one, you know, if someone's, you know, you know, is wrestling with OCD and they're engaging in behaviors again and again, telling them to stop the behaviors, even though it even may be sound as sound advice in theory, isn't going to be received well, right? Cause it's the thing that, makes them, you know, calm down. That's why the educational process, both for the family and the loved one, or I'm sorry, and the person who's dealing with OCD and anxiety is so important. Like you have to have that foundational education before we start talking about making any changes. So one of the things that I really recommend is actually getting educated together, right? 
is so that you both understand the the underlying principles of how the recovery process works. You understand the tools together. And as both the person experiencing OCD and anxiety and the loved one, you guys are implementing them together, um, you know, as, as a team. Because what happens a lot of times is when the OCD or anxiety is in the room, you guys make each other the enemy. And it actually wedges people in between people and drives people apart from one another. The person with OCD and anxiety usually isolates or, you know, attacks the, you know, the loved one because they're not getting the relief and reassurance and the loved one doesn't know what's going on and they're trying to help, but it's actually making the situation worse. And so it causes a huge discord within families and um, partnerships and relationships and, and all this. So the reason I wanted to make this episode is because I want to kind of help both parties understand the experience a little bit better so that you can meet on an empathetic level and then take the proper steps to heal together, right? To understand as a loved one, if you're doing any behaviors that are actually reinforcing the OCD loop and how to actually, you know, break that loop. And as the person who's experiencing OCD and anxiety to not just be completely reacting out of emotion and just expecting that your partner or your loved one or your family member is going to be the person who's going to just always calm you down and always be the person that's going to give you relief because that's actually not a fair burden to put on someone else. And and this is, you know, maybe hard to hear, but it's it shouldn't be anyone else's responsibility to regulate your emotions. It doesn't mean that as as family members and support and and even as a therapist that you can't be empathetic about, you know, a person's experience and you can't support them. But a lot of times what people with OCD and anxiety do is they make their loved ones responsible for their feeling states and they have rules and expectations that the person's going to meet these things or not do these things because it's going to trigger them. And then what happens is that the loved one ends up doing it temporarily, but then harbors resentment to the person with OCD and anxiety. So when we're talking about healing from a broad context, there's really healing at individual levels that need to take place. There's education that needs to happen on both ends. And then once you heal, heal as individuals, then there's a healing that often needs to happen within the relationship as a whole, whether that's brother, sister, mother, son, father, daughter, whatever, or husband, wife, or, or vice, you know, any relationship, right? There, that, that when it comes to like what it's like to have OCD, it can feel very chaotic and very powerful. And I just really want to like stress that it's, it's, it is very real to the individual, but the suffering that the family member goes through is also very real. And it's, it's very rare that both people see the perspective of the other person. So I just wanted to talk about that in this episode, because I think it's an important conversation to open up. And if you have a loved one who has OCD and anxiety, this would be a good episode for you to at least start to understand what they're experiencing. And if you wrestle with, with um, OCD and anxiety, this might be a good thing to share with your loved one to at least open up this dialogue, right? Of saying, Hey, look, like what's a better way we can start communicating as, in, as opposed to, you know, us being so reactive towards each other, right. Or in our household. And then what are the next steps of recovery and, and really taking the stance that this is something that you may be struggling with right now, but it's something that we're going to work together to overcome. 
And it can actually be something that brings you guys together and brings you closer as family or, or loved ones or support or whatever your relationship might be. And a great first step with that would be, you know, over at Restored Minds, we have some free resources for you to get started on this journey where, you know, we have guides you can download, you know, free webinar you can attend. Um, and we also have our, our in-depth program of taking back control that you can do, you know, right from the comfort of your home, um, where you, you can really learn everything you need to learn and learn the AAA response to apply. So, um, hopefully that is helpful. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, and you know, any questions, you know, please put them down in the, in the comments below or, you know, any ideas for future episodes. Cause we always want to know how we can best serve you guys. Um, and then also please show your support by liking, subscribing and, uh, and sharing this with others as well that, that, it, that you think it may help. And so thank you guys for your time today. Um, I wish you a great week and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found it helpful, chances are others will too. So if you would please do me a favor and show your support by subscribing and leaving a review, I would really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking for a higher level of support on your journey, we have several resources to support you over at restoredminds.com. And we've even included some links right down below in the notes. Lastly, if you have any questions, you can email me at support at restoredminds.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you soon.